Hello and welcome back to another episode of Full Kit Banter. Today you're joined by myself, Pascal and Yushin. And a lot has happened since we last spoke. Um, United, of course, played out that rather underwhelming uh, 0-0 draw at Liverpool, which we'll get to in a bit. And, of course, they uh, beat a very spirited Fulham side 2-1 yesterday morning. But I guess the one thing we're going to start today's episode off about is United just don't seem to be falling off. And, I mean, for, for previous listeners, uh, they, they kind of know what we're all about. <laughs> We've just been taking shots at, at dear old Ollie, but I think today is finally the day where we have to... We have to acknowledge it. We have, we have to, to give him And, and rightfully credit. so. Yeah. And, but, but the funny thing is that... The funny thing is that we're still kind of coming to terms <laughs> with it's more, what's really It's not more on. coming to terms. It's more of, you know, us finally or rather reluctantly getting a we, good yeah, handle on United. It's, undi- it's undeniable anymore. Like, we, we, we practice, we, we preach a lot of fraudulence on this on this podcast and, yeah, denying it any further would be just the ultimate... Yeah, it would be gargantuan. The ultimate gargantuan, fraud- <laughs> gargantuan fraudulence. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess we'll start with you. Yeah, yeah um, so my thoughts on United... Okay, um, I'll be the first to admit that I'm not always biggest fan because of I mean, if the listeners remember from the first episode, we're off to a great start. <laughs> yeah, great yeah, story. we um, you know, we we kind of laid out what we thought were all his flaws. We said that he was a sort of a freestyle manager, you know, a hash. I want to say hashtag, but you know, air quote glorified PE teacher. But you know, that glorified PE teacher is now leading United at the top of the table and so didn't we do an apology for uh sorry an apology we, we did, we did but I, I felt like that that wasn't I mean it definitely wasn't hundred percent it was pretty we were, yeah, it was, the, we were it taking was, the mic yeah it was satire giving props mm-hmm. yeah pretty satire. exactly but mm-hmm. but now we and know. ever since ever since the draw um I mean especially because I got a, a first hand experience of just how United approached the game and I mean I'll be the first to admit they deserve to win that game mm-hmm. um, they I thought defensively they were very very sound and I, I know a lot of especially their defenders have, have got on the flag but I thought we talked about this off I thought Luke Shaw in particular was their best player yeah um, I mean we did joke quite a lot they were about just set Luke up Shaw. very they were just set up very I can't think of a very better, doggedly. Like, they didn't. Not, they, they not had even a game. doggedly. No, they it, had was, a game. it was very. No, they had a game Go plan. Ahead. They had a game plan. Like mm. as much as we we you know label Ollie as a freestyler, they had a game plan. They stuck to it, and they did play for the draw, and they could have nicked it at the end. Like you, you guys were saved by Allison. Like brilliant. Oh, I don't Allison. even think. Uh, yeah, I agree. I don't even think it was. They could have nicked it. Like they first half. Okay, first half. It felt a bit like a training exercise at times, but that that being said, I never felt like we were ever like de- like putting them in danger. You know, like it's it's one thing to dominate the ball and pepper the Hayas goal with like shots, and you know it's kind of the atmosphere where if there were fans, you know that the fans would start like getting all excited and hyped up, and I just never got that sense, you know. We were we were controlling the ball, but United just seemed to have everything under control. Yeah, you got you mentioned the, about you know peppering the Hayas goal with shots, but I can't really remember, you know, a phase of play where you guys really troubled the Hayas. Exactly, that's mm-hmm. my point. It's we, like we were controlling the game, but not even the game. Like is that's totally incorrect. They were controlling possession, but United always felt like the more dangerous side. Like the moment United turned the ball over. Um, Rashford was on his bike Although he did have A poor game In my opinion mm-hmm. I think Uni- yeah, United were actually Let down by their Offensive players For once And their defence Were the ones Who were the, the The true heroes Of the night I thought Pogba Did alright But ultimately You know He'll be remembered For that miss Although he did um, Make up for that Against Fulham And credit to him You know Ever since I mean not not trying to take credit for this lah, but ever since I put him the, in the gulag, <laughs> he's kind of come good. Just <laughs> another example of the FKV curse, but yeah, which is the sole reason why we are 
totally talking about United. Right? <laughs> you won. <laughs> we won. Yeah, we won. We won the curse. We activated. But um, on a serious note, I mean, from a neutral point of view, uh, I I I did joke about it like with offline review and BK that you know, I wanted both teams to lose. As in, on the account that you guys, I okay, it was a pretty drag match to be honest. Yeah. I think I could count the number of shots on target both sides had with one hand. And I kind of felt that it's not just this United versus Liverpool match. It was, it's, it's you know, the, it's sad to say that it's the last few... a bit of few, a recurring theme yeah, this, this, yeah, this yeah, it's sad season. to say that the last few, you know, ca- clashes amongst the perceived top six clubs have been very... <laughs> It's it's been a snooze fest. It's been a, they've been abject. Let's yeah, just put it that yeah, way. It's they've been, been abject. It's been a sleeper, and like, and that's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's sorry to cut you off. That's the thing about this season. Like I was just kind of thinking to myself, right? I could honestly see top, uh, top spot, and the final Europa League spot. I think that's sixth place. I get the feeling like like those 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 positions could be separated by something like five points. Mm-hmm. And the re- it could be yeah. it could be that close. And if you look at the table. I think from first to six, if I'm not wrong, they are they're only separated by about three or four points. And I think the main reason why is, you know, when the, the top six teams clash against each other, they are too afraid to go for it, to go for the win. And hence, like, if you, if you look back uh, in past seasons, when uh, th- there's usually a team that, you know, there's usually a team that's braver than the other, and they usually manage to nick a result. But, I don't know, it's just this season that teams don't seem to have the ambition to get one over their fellow rivals. And hence, mm. I wouldn't even say it's first to six. Even from first to probably ninth of the, in the table. Like a few wins on the trot and you could be within the closing distance. You'll be right of, up there. Yeah, yeah. you'll be right up there. Of like the Champions League places. So. And likewise for the bottom half of the table. Mm. Like I'm looking at the table right now. We've got Wolves in 14th. They've been on like absolute downslide ever since Jimenez got injured which just shows how important he is to their, their side um, for some reason Burnley don't have their club crest in the table <laughs> it's quite, it's pretty funny actually you should look it up oh, right really? now like every, every team in the table has a logo except Burnley <laughs> okay I, they might have sold their crest to you know for some <laughs> players or something <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's, it's just so close at the top and I kind of liken this Premier League season a bit to international tournaments. You yes, know, like yes, I remember yes. the World Cup. It, it, the, the, the World Cup in 2018 that France won. It's just teams obviously don't want to go to a shootout, but they, they, they'd rather have the flip of the coin than go for broke in normal time and get punished on the break or something. So not the most exciting for neutrals. It is exciting in terms of there's no runaway leader like there was last season, but in terms of quality of matches, especially those marquee games, it's been lacking a bit. Mm-hmm. I totally um, agree. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's the nature. I almost say like it is what it is. That's <laughs> the nature of the season. Um, there has been. It's f- almost like the the mini league at the top is is just yeah. about not not losing and surrendering yeah. points to your rivals. There have been four new news in uh, those marquee matches that you pointed out so far, and if I'm not wrong. The next game week, uh, Liverpool will tra- travel to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, mm-hmm. and I could very well see a new new in that as well. You know, Spurs, I, I mean, hundred percent, yeah, yeah. Spurs, we, we all know what Mourinho is gonna do, and um, Liverpool's attack. I see now. I'm gonna just ask you to probably gonna analyze a little bit or give your thoughts on on what's happening sure. to Liverpool. But sure. from what I've seen, you know, Salah, Firmino, and Mane. They have, they, they were the best trio in terms of you know the best forward line in in European football or, or dare I say world football, for the past mm. two or three seasons. But they just don't seem to be clicking like they used to this season. And yeah, I don't know what 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 do you think as a Liverpool fan seems to be you know, rather the issue or rather little issues that may have caused this. Well, I think first and foremost you got to go back to the whole. Um, I mean, this is just going to be the narrative for the whole season. It's We're missing our first-choice centre-back. So, mm-hmm. in doing so, we've brought back first Fabinho, who used to be like our kind of 
your linchpin. Bot- like the the linchpin mm-hmm. in that in that midfield, you know, he would start the counter attacks almost because Fabinho is known for his tackling, but he can he can pass a, a yeah. pretty good I, ball I feel as that well. his passing range is quite underrated. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and now you're even bringing Henderson back, so uh, that's you're losing uh, another driving force in the midfield who's also ha- very capable of picking out a pass. And as we know, Liverpool forward line, you know, very very pacey. So sometimes we almost require that that moment of of brilliance from midfield to to kind of unlock defenses, especially when teams now realizing that they kind of just have to sit deep and and play narrow because. We're sending in cross after cross, but no one's getting on the end of them because you know we're just not that kind of team. Um, I mean, when I say not that kind of team, it's like we just don't have the personnel to to like you know like win crosses in the air. You know, most if, if you notice Liverpool, most of the crosses come in they are like flat, um, and and almost begging for someone to like either tap it home or race onto it. But and and it's not just the recent five games actually. It's it's something, and, and to your credit, it's something you brought up at the start of the season. Um, it's just that the, the lack of a plan B, not just tactical, tactically, but uh, per- personnel-wise. Like, um, I, I noticed we brought on Divock Origi. You know how much I love Origi just because mm-hmm. of the important goals he scored. But it's come to a point where he's just kind of, he's just cruising on that moniker of being like the, the late game winner and Every time you come on, he's it, just... It, you almost don't have confidence that he's going to be able to influence the game. And it's not completely his fault. Another issue with me is... I don't think Klopp is... Klopp's substitutions, not just this season, he's never really been known for like changing the game with substitutions. Like the most notable ones was... Jota, um, right? Why not... Mm-hmm. I think Jota yeah, is Jota's Jota a big miss. Exactly. Jota's a big miss, yeah. exactly. But even when Jota was in that, that rich vein of form, right, we weren't killing teams, you know? Mm-hmm. I think there was a stretch of three games or three in four where Jota needed to come up with a late winner. Mm-hmm. And sure, you might say um, that's what champions do, you know? You find a way to win. I mean, that's what United are doing. Right? That's right? very mm-hmm. true. But at the same time, if that is the only way you win... Um, eventually you're going to get found out and, and that's what's happening. Like Liverpool, apart from that Crystal Palace game and perhaps the 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 win over Leicester, if, if I'm not mistaken, they've not really looked convincing. Even against Spurs, you know, we needed a, we needed a last-minute winner um, to, to beat them. So it's been a very mixed bag of a season. And yeah, but that is, you know, the grey area that probably... If, if you're going to compare Liverpool to Man United... Like, the wins that, let's say, Liverpool have gotten so far before their recent slump have been pretty identical to what United are going through right now in terms of, you know, their winning run. They've been getting late goals. They've been scoring. Mm. They've not been playing that well, but they've been, you know, doing the business. They slowly went under the radar, and now people are starting to acknowledge that they are, you know, when in terms of... When you, when you start to list teams that, you know, have the potential of winning the league, you would... I know, like, the Pookie's favourites were always Liverpool and Manchester City, but now people are starting to, you know, really realise that um, United are actually... I wouldn't say they are they're now favourites. I, I still think that they're still behind Liverpool and City somehow, but they do have to be taken seriously right now. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's this is, this is a season where, like, you're not going to be hearing many more predictions from me because it's just so hard to call and... The narrative changes on a dime so quickly. It's something we're gonna get into later with with you know um, Chelsea and City. But yeah. I just think maybe like this Liverpool side is is suffering a bit from maybe like mental fatigue. You know, like they've they've kind of been the same team with with um with the exception of Thiago coming in, who we'll get I'll get to in a bit. Um, Maybe they've just gotten a bit too comfortable. We've seen it with the likes of Trent, who his form has just dipped dramatically. Although he he didn't have a terrible game in my book against United. Um, mm-hmm. Do Do you think that you know the lack of competition at certain positions? You know, I could I could highlight, like you mm. said, uh, Luke Shaw has been performing really well these past few games, yeah. and it's all because, I mean, we don't really know, but you know, Alex Telles signed from uh, Porto, and. 
probably was a wake up call for Luke Shaw. You know, he's, he's yeah. It's saying, not a coincidence. It's yeah. not a coincidence. You're hundred percent right. It's not a coincidence. Yeah, because that you look his at form is picked up. Yeah, yeah. And just to continue, you look at um, you know, the fullbacks of Liverpool, Robertson and Trent, respectively. You know, let's say let's say you know they're training. You know, on a typical day at uh, Melwood, and you know they look behind them and say, you know, who's actually gonna challenge me for my first team position? And you know. For Robertson, you have uh, you guys signed this Greek defender called Simikas. Yeah, Simikas. Yeah, and Trent he doesn't really have you know competition at that side. I wouldn't say Milner is because he's more of like a utility man. So, do you think that you know familiarity kind of breeds a little bit of complacency? Exactly, it's a double-edged sword because you want to build that chemist that team chemistry. Yeah, but I, at the same time, yeah, sorry, uh, just just to continue. Yeah, like, uh, it's not just a fullback; it's the front three. Like who's mm. gonna challenge Firmino, Salah, and Mane? You know, for for that 100%. first team eleven. Like you, we just talked. We just talked about Origi. Like yeah. he's not the answer. Mina Mino, like the uh, Jap, the Jap Lennon, he, the Jap Aaron Lennon. <laughs> he's not gonna. I mean, he's, where is he? He's like gone off the boil. I don't really see him come on anymore. He's exactly. Yeah. I, I I think Klopp is just struggling to find out what his best position is and. And um, Shaqiri, whether he's even suited to the Premier League, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, what, what's your thoughts on Shakiri right now? Like he's, he's pretty out of sorts to my like he like Klopp tried to play him in that, like a cam slash like, center mid yeah, position, cam slash right? number yeah. eight position, and mm. I don't know, it didn't really influence the game that much. I mean, he did have his, his little bits. He was good minutes, for like the first thirty minutes, yeah, and, and then, then he just, he just faded just fade. into <laughs> oblivion. Um, I, I think. That comes down a bit to just it was his first start in like I think it was like something like eight eight to twelve months or something. <laughs> Damn. Um, but it's not just that; it's the fact that Shakiri's always been a bit of an enigma at Liverpool, a bit like Keita. You know, you you always wonder like if they are missing from the squad. Like, are they injured? And then sometimes you find out, oh, they're actually not injured, and you're like wondering why. Wait, they were they weren't even selected for the bench, so. With Shakiri, it's maybe a bit of Klopp doesn't really rate him anymore, but... But did Klopp sign him? Like, he was a Klopp sign. No, and, and exactly, but you can sign players and decide, you know, like, hey, they doesn't really... Uh, I, either I don't like his work ethic or I feel he, he doesn't really fit the system I want to play. Mm-hmm. Just little things like that, but... I think with Shakiri, it's also another case of he doesn't quite know where... He 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 he'll suit Liverpool um best, but mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. He he, it's almost like he he had a few nice touches outside the box, created a few chances, and then decided to just dip, uh, and was rightfully hooked off at around sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from him, we we have Jota obviously who looked like a sensational signing until his injury. Um, I think to be honest, he is the when you talk about you know players who are going to challenge. The, the current Liverpool front three for no, or rather provide competition for the, the current Liverpool front three I think Jota is the only legit contender and you yep. know after he got his his injury it's just back to the, mm. the OG front three yeah exactly and I, I don't think ever since this front three has come into like existence I've never seen all three of them off form at the same time I, you can correct me if I'm wrong but it's usually one of them would pick up the slack, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, and it's like one of them would, would you know take the green by the scruff of the neck and exactly. like be like, okay, I'm I'm the man for I'm the man for this exactly. match. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Yeah, you two might not be performing, but you know we we gotta win this, and they just pull something out of the bag and Liverpool win. Like, like in your title winning season, that guy was Saido Mane, from mm. like like the the amount of last minute winners this guy has has, the yeah, it, it's just. That's why I still think his, although he's been underperforming this season, but you know, the dude's world class, and you need not say much about Salah. We all know what Salah is. You know, his breakout season yeah. was just extraordinary, and yeah, I I I kind of understand why you know when when we did that team of the season so far. Why episode there last, were no yeah. Liverpool forwards? Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree right now. Like he I he has his his stats have been padded somewhat by penalties. The, the amount of penalties so far this season, you know, not just for Liverpool, but for every team has been crazy. It's not even just penalties. It's he's, It's been padded by goals that 
weren't vital in mm-hmm. matches. Like, you look at that Palace drubbing, you know, Salah came on late and scored two goals. At that point, we were 5-0 up. You know, it, 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 sure, yeah, goal's a goal, but we're looking more for the importance of your goal, you know, mm-hmm. like 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 uh, whether it's a... Uh, the opening goal or it's it's something to break yep. the deadlock. Ba- basically what has yep. more weight than basically uh, than what uh, um Pogba has been doing for United recently. Exactly. Yeah. And, and um before we finish up on Liverpool and I, I think we gotta give, you know, United a little bit more of the limelight. So yeah. any uh final thoughts about you know Liverpool and how how you think they can turn I if I know covering a faltering season is a bit of a stretch, but Nah, you guys, yeah, yeah. you guys should be, you know, you you guys are behind Leicester right now, right? You guys are, oh no, you guys are fourth now. No, yeah, we, we've we've. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you go one win in five mm-hmm. in in this type of season. You know, it's it's you can't do that. Um, which is why I I kind of not I'm not looking at the table right now. Like I think Klopp came out with a statement, um, saying that we're not even thinking about the title anymore. We are we are just looking at Champions League. We're looking to consolidate our position in the top four, which I mean, doesn't yeah, that, it's, it's doesn't probably that, yeah. no. But it, doesn't that irritate you? In this, yeah, doesn't that irritate you? No, like, no, no. You know, I, <laughs> like as a fan, it, you know, hearing that it could be like, hey, why are you letting that the standards drop? You know that the the words that he has been he's been talking to the press a lot recently, and yeah, <laughs> I, I, I mean, Klopp Klopp's uh, not faultless. Mm-hmm. Um, he he, I mean, he's definitely feeling the pressure. He must be ve- he must be extremely frustrated seeing. Um, people who players like his the front three who are so usually so reliable just struggling to to not just score but even create chances. So I think in a way that statement was perhaps to protect them and protect himself mm-hmm. because Klopp's not the kind of guy who's gonna throw someone under the bus to motivate them. That's not his style. Um, but that being said, it, it did catch me off guard. I was just like, okay, like, I don't buy it for one second that he's given up on the title. That's that would be de- that would be deranged. But I think it's almost he's almost set set that to to deflect some of the pressure away from not only his players but himself. Yeah, but what shocked yeah what shocked me about his statement was that you know, from the past few seasons that uh, I've seen Klopp at the rain, he's always been the guy that. Or, or rather, someone uh, like a man motivator. You know, he he makes players go the extra mile for him because you know he, whenever he he speaks to the press, he always you know he he's a very good man manager and he's pretty good with his PR to the point that mm. um the words that he says you know there's a distinct effect on the on the squad. You know, it gives them motivation and all that. And after reading what he said, I kind of felt that could he be lowering the bar? You know, because you know Liverpool have always been, or rather, the recent Liverpool have always rather been a sort of like mentality monsters, mentality giants. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Do you think that you know the players, you know, after receiving or rather hearing what Klopp has said recently, put could put doubt on themselves? Like, could we actually do this without Van Dijk or Gomez? You know, that first, uh, that first eleven mm. defensive pairing. Um and what why do you think Klopp has an aversion of buying center backs? Because I know you guys have been recently linked to Socrates of Ars- <laughs> of Arsenal. Uh, formerly do you of think, Arsenal. Yeah, we yeah, are formerly of Arsenal. Do you think he could be that short term gap that you guys need? I mean he, I I don't know whether he's much better than what you guys have right now in terms of Ned Phillips and Rhys Williams. Hmm. That's a that's a very good question, and to answer the to answer the first part of that, I think Klopp has said what he said to the press and what he said to his players. I believe is completely different. I think he's pretty much just said to his players like, "You guys are champions, but you're not performing like champions right now, and we you know we need to by hook or by crook start getting wins. If not, we are you know what I've said in the media is." gonna be our reality so I know we're like I know what we're capable about what, what, what we're capable of but um, yeah it's like if we keep playing like this you can forget about the league title so I think to him the players know as well they're not idiots like the the sort of statement is, is very clear like just this is it's not good enough you know like we, we have to just keep working and and 
like 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 we said before, the cream rises to the top. You don't go from champions and a very good side to uh, a poor side overnight. It just doesn't happen like that. You know, this it's an understatement to call this a bad run of form, but if if sort of the right things aren't done in training or in the dressing room, this could kind of fester into a much longer rut because like you like you said, we have Spurs in a couple of weeks. We play Burnley tomorrow, um, which is always... It's like, it's probably the worst game you could come up against in this form because Burnley are going to do exactly what you'd expect of them. They're going to sit in deep. They know this is a Liverpool attack that's shown confidence, so it's going to be a very tough game. But um, the other question about um, just having this aversion to sign players is I think Klopp's just been told very in very clear terms by his board that during the pandemic they do not have the sort of spending power to to go out and get someone like an Upamecano or um, like a whoever they've been linked with at centre back and I mean once again it's not really the defence that's the issue right now I think we've kept three clean sheets in five games Obviously, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast, having to ship our midfielders into defense is certainly having an an, an effect on our attack. But I, yeah, that's the thing. Like it kind of frustrates me it, at the same time. I get why they're doing it, but to me, this is pretty much anyone's season. You know, I can understand that if we were way off the pace no chance of winning the league that, yeah, it's probably not wise to invest now, but the frustration from my end is that we are still very much in this race, you know, despite the dip in form and making an adjustment now could, you know, completely change the trajectory of our season. But at the same time, I don't know what the books are like at Anfield. Like, the the warning signs came out when we didn't sign Timo Werner. Um, and I think... Klopp has kind of a an idea of who or how he sees his team. He, he doesn't want to kind of... We've, we've seen before with like Van Dijk and Allison. He, he never rushes his signings. He's always just... He knows what he wants and he gets them when he gets them. But he doesn't like making snap decisions. I think he tried it once with like Stephen Calker, if you remember that. And he's never done it again. Wait, Stephen Calker? From... We loaned him from QPR, I believe. Oh, as oh an emergency centre back, and he became like a kind of a striker. It was it was a whole thing. Wait, was it his his second? It was his season? first, season, first no, season. It was the season where he took over after, <laughs> okay, uh, midway God. midway through the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. Stephen Calker, man, and I think ever since that he's just been like, nah, I, I don't want to make kind of um, <laughs> I emergency f- signing. I so totally to speak. forgot about him, man. bro. We've had some <laughs> meme eras, man. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about going back to the mean like I love Liverpool but the the mean is you know banter but <laughs> yeah it's frustrating to see right now but I, I have faith that the the quality of the site will shine mm-hmm. through um, yeah. would I love to see reinforcements I, absolutely I, I, but I kind of think that you know the, one of the reasons why your front tree isn't really firing is because like, like you said two of your three best midfielders are yeah. playing in defense and yeah. I kind of feel that your fullbacks are not pushing forward as high as they used to when Van Dijk and Gomez was you know anchoring that that uh defensive line because yeah. I think it's an instruction given by Klopp because you know yeah. um like he like he, he's not stupid he can see that you know Fabinho yeah I I do agree I've been really impressed with Fabinho right now like at this moment of time, especially you know that that Rashford chance when they mm-hmm. when there was a turnover and Rashford was. I like thought we were done. Yeah, I yeah. I honestly thought we were done. Yeah. When I saw Rashford was on his back, I'm like, all right, they're, they're <laughs> gonna score on that. And Fabinho, credit to him, man. He marshaled, he marshaled that phase of play really well. And I think Rashford, I, I don't really know what he's doing. I mean, he's he's been pretty class off the pitch, but on the pitch is pretty much Trashford. I mean I think we <laughs> I think there's a tad harsh, but we did we did talk about him briefly last week saying that he's always cu- gonna be on the cusp of, of being, being called a good world player class yeah. and a great player. So there's always yeah, there's week. always be question marks on players like Sterling and Rashford, you know yeah. when like people 
will hesitate, you know, calling them world class because they do have this. They have, do have games where you know they are absolutely world beaters, and they they do have games where they just you know disappear off the grid. Mm. Yeah, and so you know any. You know, I I'm kind of said my piece on Liverpool and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know. I mean, I mean, for me, it's it's obviously things will be a lot clearer after tomorrow's game because going into that Spurs match, having lost or, or not scored against Burnley would be, oof, the temperature would just go up tenfold. But if we are able to grind out a result, or you know, um, my ideal situation is we completely just demolish them, which I don't think is gonna happen. Um, I'd take a one nil. I'd take a scrappy one nil. Uh, penalty, whatever. Just obviously, I like a performance, but I think a result is is key at the I, moment. Yeah, I think yeah. you know, um, it, it's a sort of game where you don't really need Fabinho and Henderson in defense. You could play probably net. No, and that's and the Reece thing. Williams. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah, and yep. you could push. There were, there you could push Fabinho and that, Henderson yep, up yep. forward. Yeah. And Burnley are not necessarily the paciest team. Yeah, in the exactly. League, right? <laughs> so I, I, I fully expect to see um either Reese Williams or Nat Phillips starting alongside Fabinho. Is um, Joe is Joe Matip fit? Bro, I don't know, man. <laughs> I never know with Matip. <laughs> Reports are saying he he's back in training, but whether he's fit enough to start, I don't know. And I think I mean like we just mentioned, uh, Burnley aren't the quickest and it, d- depending on what his condition is, I probably wouldn't risk Matip tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, I think you guys will do fine with with Phillips and and Williams in the defense. Not even Fabinho. You you so you wouldn't put Fabinho at centre back tomorrow. Um, I kind of feel that you guys need him more anchoring that midfield than in defense itself. Mm. Because it allows Klopp, you to Klopp have might try that. Yeah, he might try that. Yeah, he it allows you to have Thiago and Henderson. He allows you to have the Thiago Henderson and. Fabinho midfield three, which I think is your best midfield at the point yeah. in time. You know, Wijnaldum's form has dipped together with the front three. I think it's it's no coincidence that you know I can't even get mad at Genie because he has been immense for us this season when we've been so injury hit. Mm-hmm. He's I think he's played almost every game. Mm-hmm. And it's no surprise that he might be feeling fatigued. You know, he's got his whole contract situation. Yep. Um, it's probably unsettled. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I think yeah, yeah I think maybe maybe kind of taking him out of the line the the firing line would be good because I thought he was pretty disappointing against United. Um, mm. Okay, so we've discussed on you know what yeah. Liverpool, what rather what has gone wrong at Liverpool so far this season, and I think now it's pretty good time to transit to you know what have what United have done right. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's, I I mean, I mean I'll go first like. Okay, uh, I'll put my hands up and say I have not given I I would say Okay Okay, Oli <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I can hear the <laughs> I'm clipping this out Okay, okay, okay Um. You guys I mean, United Alright, I have to acknowledge You guys are titled contenders right now Although I'm still a little bit Sus about your performances so far, but hey, um, if if it was Chelsea, you know, right, right at the top right now, getting results like you guys are doing, I would just say, you know, it's what it's the hallmark of champions. So yeah, the things and the thing, it's not right, just it's not just the sorry, it's not it's mm-hmm. not just the performances. It's I think United were getting slated really badly for their defense. I think the the attack wise, United have always been considered a very strong attacking force. Mm-hmm. But their defense has really stepped up, man. Like, I mean, I know we give Maguire a lot of, a lot of um, grief, but... And I still think, uh, especially in that Liverpool game, I do feel he was the weakest out of the four. But that being said, he still had a good game. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty harsh on Maguire, you know. But it's just, no, no, it's just that, that the other three my performed intention, better. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, came out, it came out that way, but you, 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 you call it exactly like how I was thinking in my head. And mm-hmm. I think I, collectively... Especially with Lindelof coming back, although Bailly was doing a good job when he's when he filled in, collectively they look like they they just know what they're doing now. You know, I kind back, of feel that like, back then they they were all over mm-hmm. the place. I feel, but I kind of feel that you know Bailly works much better. I mean, right, Maguire performs much better with Bailly because it's that sort of traditional pairing of you have one centre back mm. who is pretty quick who can cover. Mm. 
the other centre-back who is, you know, supposed to be a, a colossus at defence, you know, that typical Ferdinand-Village partnership or yeah. John Terry cavallo partnership. There's one, you know, commanding centre-back who's really good in winning haters so and the other bit, guy... Who's a bit more mobile. Yep, yeah, yep. So, but yeah. whereas for Lindelof and Maguire, I think they're both players of the same mould. They, mm. They're not really that quick and... The reason why Ole has been tinkering so much, you know, with, with the midfield, like you can see when Lindelof and Maguire, they are uh, selected to be, they're selected to play for a particular game, Ole will go with his trend trusted McFred midfield partnership, which is McTominay McFred, and Fred. Yeah, yeah McSaucy Fred. <laughs> yeah, because um, what, what it does is, you know, it it kind of gives them the extra protection in, in midfield to call, sort of cover... Lindelof and Maguire's lack of pace in and behind. It's a sort of a little bit more defensive formation, whereas it kind of frees up Bruno and the the attacking front three to, to do whatever they want. Yeah. Whereas when they are playing against, you know, teams that tend to sit back, a la teams like Fulham, teams like Burnley, and such and such, they kind of go with a midfield tree of Matic slash Fred, Pogba and uh, Fern- Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of gives them a bit more freedom because, you know, teams like that, they don't really... Oh, and, and they and they line up with uh, Maguire and Bailly at the back because it allows them a little bit more freedom to push up higher up the pitch because you kind of have Bailly to sort of cover Maguire in case uh, you get any teams from... Oh, sorry, any opposition players that manage to get the run in and behind of Maguire. So you kind of have that little bit of security at the back in terms of cover. And yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But yeah, and like we we kind of praise Marino for being reactionary in terms of you know he kind of sets up teams according to the opposition that he's playing up mm. against, and we kind of see that that's a little bit similar to what Ollie has been doing. He's been setting up teams according to, you know, I'm I'm sure he's been doing his homework on how his opposition teams set up, and you know, credit to Ollie, man, we, he might get a lot of slack for being naive for being inexperienced and all that but I kind of feel that he's been learning yeah yeah and yep, he, yep, you yep. can see that he's um, he's not really that PE teacher in my t- I kind of feel it's a little <laughs> bit harsh to call him that right now and yeah of course yeah credit to him and he's been I mean if it was Jose who has been doing like all this pandits would have been on his we'll nuts we'd be calling right it master exactly and, and like, just yeah. because it's Ole and because you know he doesn't have as, a CV as you know, as accomplished as Jose's, we kind of say that, you know, it's all luck, it's all freestyle and all that. And I think I kind of feel that it's time we give the man proper respect. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it's not just what he's been telling his players to do on the pitch, it's what he's been saying of it. Mm-hmm. I think he's... He's been carrying himself out he, well in the media. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He he. And to be fair, he's always kind of... um. He's been he's quite a likable guy in 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 front of the media, you know. At times, especially when United were in their slumps, it, it, people would point to it as being naive and like always trying to pick out grasp at straws, you know. Whenever United had a stinker, Ole would always be like, "Oh, you know, I I saw like a lot of positives despite the results, which irked a lot of people." Mm-hmm. But it's he's kind of stayed true to himself through that in the sense that he rarely throws his players under the bus, if ever. Maybe with Pogba on one occasion when his agent came out, but um, I think just yesterday he was singing his praises, so that seems to be water under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with United, right, they've often been criticised for being too reliant on Bruno, but I think in their recent run of form, the whole team has been stepping up. You know, you've had the, the odd late goal from Rashford, um, Martial, Cavani as well. His best. Cavani yeah, Cavani been, as well. Yeah. I mean, Cavani- Marcio has not been at his clinical best this season and mm. that Cavani signing, although we have sort of, I wouldn't say we mocked it at the start of the, the season, but we it could felt, all tell it, that. It, yeah, it, like, it did feel I like did, a panic buy. Yeah, but yeah. I did say that, you know, uh, 34-year-old Cavani is, I will pick him any day over Igalo. <laughs> is Igalo <laughs> even in the team? Like he still the is, oh, but he is? Um, I think he only plays in like uh, cup games or yeah, Cavani, maybe the Euro- yeah, probably the Europa League game. Yeah, Cavani is a very shrewd signing. Like, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty, but class is permanent. Like, I I think our our doubts with Cavani was whether he would adapt, be okay right. with the role mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. given because I think it's been very clear to see that 
Oli and the United hierarchy have, have told him his role is to be more of a you know Backup, waiting like in the, the wings kind of player. Like yeah, what Giroud he's, he's is. Not, yeah, like what Giroud exactly, is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and he seems to have taken it on board. Uh, he scored some important goals. He he would have scored against us if, if Rashford was um, a bit more aware of his surroundings. But I, I also think um, like even McTominay has been chipping him with goals. You know, Pogba has found his, his form at the right time mm-hmm. when everyone is kind of wondering, myself included, you know, um, I, I mean, I don't regret saying that <laughs> he, he wasn't performing up to standards because he wasn't. But off late, he has shown us what he's capable of if kind of given a bit more of a... Yeah, he's, he's been outshining of, Bruno. Of a, of a, of a free... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that that's the thing. Like, it's it's the complete opposite of Liverpool. It's like when our front three have shut down all at the same time, maybe Bruno is a bit... I mean, saying he's out of form might be a tad harsh, but he, he set such a high bar for himself, okay? Mm-hmm. So when he has a slight dip, Pogba is able to come in and pick up the slack. So in many ways, the, the team is helping each other out, which kind of has helped them go on this 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 pretty exceptional run they're on. Mm-hmm. And that's the hallmark of I don't want to say champions, but of of a of a strong side, genuine when, genuine title contenders. I think we exactly, have to call United that exa- now. Yeah, exactly. They were when, pretenders. When, yeah, they were pretenders. Probably you know ten games in, but right now I would. I would certify them as legit title contenders along yeah. with Liverpool and City. And maybe Leicester to a stretch. I know Leicester Leicester City could be something we do for the next spot or something. Like, yeah. You know, and and the thing with Leicester mm. is especially their record against the the, the, the so called top six, they've they've been very efficient in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. They've they've almost won by a two goal margin in all those wins. And I think it would be harsh to discount them, like you said earlier. Uh, I mean, you did include them in, but I think they've learned lessons because Leicester have also been known ever since they won the, the league to be kind of chokers in a sense. Uh, we saw that Botless. last season. And I think in hindsight, mm-hmm. that collapse towards the end of the season will, will really help them um, this time around, you know, like because they they would have learned lessons from that. Yeah, it's, I kind of feel it's similar to a stronger side as yeah, well. I kind of feel like it's similar to when when you guys lost the Champions League final. Mm. It was kind of like an extra motivation to you know go all the way to finish a job, and you guys yeah. did it the following yeah. season. And I kind of feel that you know this Liverpool, uh, sorry, this Leicester team of this season, they kind of have a bone to pick with. They have unfinished business. They kind of have. You know, the monkey on the back and saying that, oh, you guys doubted us. Which is, you know, which is fair because they did kind of slip up at the end of the season. And this is something that is an extra motivation for each and every one of the Leicester players. And because, you know, if, if you look at the Leicester team right now, uh, they, the so-called bottlers of last season, mm. most of the players are still there. Or rather, all of the players are still there with brand new additions. And yeah. I kind of feel that uh, the Leicester team of this season in terms of when you talk about mentality I'm sure Brandon Rodgers has got it into the heads that you know alright guys we, we messed up last season we can't do you you guys learn from it and we go again this season and you kind of feel that especially I mean I this kind of added a bit of steel to their yeah, style exactly. as well Yeah, and, and this kind of beautifully transits to you know the, the match that happened yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Liverpool oh, sorry Liverpool I I keep saying Liverpool, but uh, the Leicester <laughs> Chelsea match. <laughs> yeah, They're and, not that and bad. <laughs> and I was I was watching the game, and I never. F- I mean, I didn't really explain my thoughts to you guys. Like, I didn't what really give my predictions. Game? Was it was it at four as well? It was like three plus. I think three Oof. plus, almost four. Yeah, I, I stayed up to watch that draws of a match from my team. But <laughs> yeah, um, it's just what we do, man. Yeah, I did like, you know, from from kickoff wise and after, and Didi got that cracker of a goal. I never felt. I, I didn't feel that Chelsea would ever come back into the game and they kind of sealed it after Madison scored that, that pitch of a mm. goal. You know, the difference between both teams was so drastic. Like, like in in Leicester, oh my God, almost at Liverpool again, in Leicester, I always felt that they had control of the game from start to finish. Like, NDD and, and Tillemans, they marshaled that midfield extremely well and 
Barnes kind of Harvey Barnes kind of stepped up his game from last season. Like he he used to be a little bit like a deer in or rather a headless just, chicken yeah, in terms of his runs. He used to be a little bit very, like like Daniel hyper. James. Yeah, but right yeah, now exactly his runs have purpose, and he he really did a number on uh, Rhys James. Like he I I I could say that Rhys James wasn't fully it's not fully fit and what, but Harvey Barnes really did a number on him and. Yeah, Jamie Vardy is Jamie Vardy. He could have scored a couple, but just wasn't his night. And yeah, Liverpool. Oh, sorry, Liverpool. Leicester on the whole, they really, you know, kind of showed why I kind of placed them. As in, remember when we did that um, list at the start of the the yeah. season where we yeah, you know we, yeah, we listed yeah. our champions, we listed you know those who were, those teams that are gonna make it to the top four. And we didn't really put Leicester on the list because, you know, we thought that they would finish probably... We thought eventually, exactly. Yeah, we, we thought they'd finish in the Republic places, but this Leicester is a totally different animal from last season and I kind of feel that it could go all the way in terms of securing that Champions League spot. Mm. I mean, the title challenge is definitely not out of the question because, you know, they've been there, done that. They have players that do have the experience in terms of, you know, Jamie, your Jamie Vardy's, your Schmeichel's. Yeah. Yeah, and... Especially for Fana, man. Like, give me credit to you. You you did you did you know point him out as being one of the defenders of the season, and he really did marshal that defense really well. Mm. Yeah, him and Evans. Yeah, you you did say that Evans was kind of a echoed meme player in terms of you know like your Phil Joneses, your Chris Smallings, and all that. But oh, I said that's the rep he has. But yeah, I, that's I the didn't rep. mean like mm-hmm. he he he's he he. He he's definitely adds value and he's there on merit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if not, totally. if not he'd, he would have been dropped for someone else. Yep. And James Justin, you know, the right back. Oh, he played left back this game. He has been steadily improving. And who who slotted in at right back then? This, uh, this, Castanier. This Castanier. The oh, they Belgian. Switched, they switched the fullbacks. Yeah, that's the thing. The, their fullbacks wow. are so versatile that they can play either left back or right back. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so from. You know the dizzying heights of where Leicester are in terms of performances right now. I have to bring all us, all of us, down to my team Chelsea and uh, dear girl. Where can I? Where do I begin? Man? Where like, do we start? Yeah. It's. I I kind of felt that we kind of changed or swapped souls with Arsenal after that match, after that three-one drubbing by mm. Arsenal. We we kind of. I I kind of felt the players kind of lost confidence in themselves to an extent like I've been watching games after that and we don't seem to have a plan at all it's totally different yeah. from, from how we've been playing you know post po- uh, sorry the pre-Everton defeat I remember in the games leading up to the Everton game we've been you know free-flowing in terms of our passing with and that's when Exactly. Your, two of your guys came out and said <laughs> your title challenger. Exactly. That that was I know. When 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 Kante and Werner came out to say that in the media, I was like, Oh dear god, I really have this bad feeling about it. And yeah, I kind moments, of did, moments yep. before like disaster. Yeah, and yeah, it's kind of a shame because I know that, you know, social media wise <sighs> they have been even even Chelsea fans or mostly, mostly Chelsea fans, they have been calling, and more of them have been on the Lampard Up Brigade. Mm. And, you know, as a Lampard in fellow, I don't really know how to defend against or how to counter-argue against that because we really have been extremely, like, our, 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 our attacking play has been non-existent. We used to have the best defense in the league and now we have been shipping goals left, right and center. Yeah. Yeah, we have been yep. clueless and Frank doesn't seem to know what he's doing right now. Like, what what do you want to see as a player when, uh, you know, when, when things are not going your way? You, you're gonna need, you know, your man. You want to see your manager on the sidelines, you know, shouting at you, giving you instructions, but Frank has not been doing that at all. He just seems to be scowling, exactly. arms folded, right? Yeah. Exactly. He doesn't seem to care, although, although it kind of. It, I don't think that is. Like the, yeah, certainly yeah not I don't the think case, that's it at all because you know yeah. Frank's a Chelsea boy and it's gonna hurt him more than it hurts us seeing Chelsea playing this poorly but I don't really see how we can get out of this slump if this con- if Lampard doesn't do anything soon in terms of you know a change in tactics and all that because I don't really understand how we managed to fall so far off 
a cliff in terms of form because you know our, our it's not it's not like we have drastic injuries to like our important players most of our team mm. is is fully fit right now you know absence of Kante of course who is a big miss but I don't know the players don't seem to be playing for him right now I hope that's not the case because you know once players do not have a faith in you you're just a dead man walking and it's just a matter of time before the board sacks you. Was it, wasn't there a report similar to the one about Arteta? Yeah, exactly. Where people yeah. were saying Lampard was playing favourites and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, that is how, how much truth do you think there is into that, in that? As we all know how much he loves Mason Mount, but the thing is Mason Mount is playing because of merit. He's exactly, he has yeah. been our best player so yeah. far this season and I have no qualms on Mason Mount playing every game because... You know, he's demonstrated that he is he is the one guy that is actually up for a fight in terms of, you know, on the pitch. Like, But, I don't know, the rest of them, they seem to be just slogging along, being passengers. They don't seem to have that, the same men- elite mentality that Mount does. And, yeah, I, I know that, you know, a lot has been made on Chelsea's expenditure this season of 200 million. And I kind of mm. feel that you know, it, it's people are just so focused on the two hundred million expenditure because, yeah, it, it's it's we, a yeah, fact we that did, we did we did talk about this yeah, offline yeah, as well. Yeah, it is a fact that you know Chelsea are the biggest spenders in this window, but it's because we have been sitting on the Hazard and Murata money for such a long time. And what's more, we had a transfer ban last season. And what mm. are you gonna do, man? Is it a crime to strengthen your squad with, you know, mm. the revenue that you've been sitting on for almost two years? I don't think so. And it's only because of, you know, the fact that we've actually lavished so much on, you know, our, our, our German duo, Harvards and yeah. Werner, who have not been performing this season, yeah. that, you know, we've been put a little bit more under the microscope. I mean, you did mention it to me that, uh, you did mention to me uh, earlier this season that, you know, with that added expenditure on, you know, two rather up-and-coming marquee players, that uh, Lampard's going to have a whole load of pressure on him which was absent last season because, you know, he was working with, you know, the, his youth players and the players that he had in his squad, which were, I quote, not his players. Yeah. yeah, And it's only because, you know, Chelsea have spent on almost entire new team, you know, they, they lavish on like six or seven players, basically built a whole spine. And, you know, because Chelsea are not getting the results right now and we are lavishing in eighth or ninth position, we are slowly creeping down to the bottom of the table that Lampard's been getting a lot of abuse, which I kind of find that it's pretty disgusting, you know. Like, I'm sure you've seen the memes online about, like... That's that's the nature of the game right now. It's mm-hmm. it's. I believe ever since the first game week, there's always been some team or some manager that's just been getting whacked left, right, centre. Yeah, it's it just the passing Oli. of the baton, right? I mean, yeah. I guess it's, it's, it's platforms like ours... That <laughs> perhaps um, take take things put put these managers under the microscope a bit, mm-hmm. but I feel it's getting a bit ridiculous. Like you went from Ollie, then Arteta was getting absolutely destroyed. Mm-hmm. He's since kind of turned things around. Although um, I don't feel they're quite out of the woods yet, but it's it's only because the more juicy story now is. Lampard and you know Klopp and even Pep was getting some stick for a while if you remember and now suddenly yeah, yeah. Pep is like uh, back to being man who can't do anything wrong so I think a lot of these yeah he's, he's turned guess, from uh, Fraudiola to the boat Jesus in a few exactly, weeks exactly <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's why I always take all these like punditry and um, articles with a pinch of salt because mm-hmm. especially in, in the season we're having now things just change on a dime so quickly but I guess the question I, I had for you was, we'll get into the money stuff later because I completely agree with you. Like, if you have the money, go ahead and spend it. And I did mention to you that it's not so much the money, which is why Frank is getting um, sort of criticised about. It. It's just the fact that it's so you cannot ignore, you cannot avoid the fact that your two marquee signings are just not only not performing up to standard, but almost they're making the team worse when they play now, which which to me absolutely blows my mind, having seen the quality of, of Werner and Harvards before they came in, mm-hmm. which is, it's almost like, you know, people are looking at it like, oh, these, Werner and Harvards are world-class, so if they are suddenly shit, it has to be 
because of Lampard like not utilizing them correctly but mm-hmm. going back to what I wanted to ask you it we did see Chelsea win in a very good purple patch of form where you know we were like okay uh, they had a kind of a mixed start to the season you know they lost to Liverpool they beat Brighton but it wasn't that convincing and mm-hmm. then um, I think they had a couple more hit or miss results like yeah the, we drew West the draws Brom. in Southampton the draws yeah. in West Brom and then suddenly you guys went on like a very decent run in all competitions and we were all like okay this is you know this is the Chelsea we were promised you know like um, it it's all coming together like real nicely you know you have Ziyech on the right Werner kind of slotting on the left and Abraham slash Giroud up top and everyone was just like okay Chelsea are the real deal now and like you said ever since um, Conte and Werner came out and ironically it just had to be Werner who came out because mm-hmm. ever since those comments his form has completely nosedived dive. yep um, I, I just wonder like what, what do you think just I mean, we say they swap souls with Arsenal, but to me, it, it, it you, you can't just go from like being in that purple patch to it's literally zero to hundred or hundred exactly. To zero it's like it's it's because to even to me, right? This Chelsea side at their worst are not, you know, this is not the kind of form I would expect from this Chelsea side at their worst. So yeah, with, the, with the players that we have, I kind of it, it's kind of shocking that you know I did mention it to you guys offline that I felt that we played much better even though we lost last season with you know our academy players compared to this season, you know the performances when like it, it's pretty abject. You know I I can't really get a proper handle on why it is because like like I said we have in terms of paper, better players than we did have last season. and But the performances are worse in terms of... Yeah, what, what my main concern last season was that, yeah, even though we lost matches, we were creating chances, we were getting shots, we were just weren't clinical enough, but this season with, on paper, better players, we are not even creating chances at all. We are just going through the motions. We don't seem to have a plan at all. Players don't seem to look interested. And it doesn't really help that most of our players are off form right now and this kind of heaps a lot of pressure on the manager because like the pundits always say, your team is a reflection of you, the manager. Yeah. And if your team doesn't look like they care, it kind of drips on to... Like, the all fingers will be pointed to Lampard. And like, oh, is he not good enough to you know motivate the players? Is Get he not good enough to be... Team, yeah. To, to stay long term and you know to put his vision into like to put his three year plan into place because you know he did come out with a three year plan and the way the team performing right now I would be extremely surprised My if guy, he even yeah. makes it to the second year <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I mean guy is ruthless as, as Abramovich exactly. um, it doesn't look good for Frank but I guess from an outside perspective I definitely from when I've seen Chelsea play this season when they are at their best um, I believe they can beat anyone in the league at their best but we haven't been at our best (laughs) exactly my other question would be then is the mark of a good side is not how often they can play at their best and get results it's almost how many how how many points and results they can get while they are kind of not being able to find a way you get what I mean and this Chelsea side uh, going back to United, this Chelsea side um, at the moment looks like when they are not playing well, which seems to be a lot more often than than not right now, they are not getting anything from a game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we talk we we memed a lot about this when you guys kind of swooped in and stole Werner from Liverpool. And I, I've always mentioned I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of Werner, and it, it's kind of baffling to me seeing how much he's struggling now like he's not even starting for you guys anymore and when he does come on he just looks so short on confidence he he looks like he's never played striker in a day in his life he, he looks like he, he, he'd rather be anywhere else so it's you might think I'd be reveling in this seeing him struggle but I'm actually <laughs> not I'm uh, I feel like uh, He's going to have to play his way out of it. But the irony is that when you're not playing well, 
you can't be justified. Like, Lampard's crucified either way because if he puts Werner in to play his way out of this rut, fans will be like, why are you still playing him when he's completely out of sorts? And then if he doesn't play, no, the, the you have another set I, of fans saying that yeah, he's, I, um, he's not able to play his way into form. Yeah, I kind of feel that. Yeah, sorry to cut in. I kind of feel yeah, that no worries. when Werner's playing striker, we are not playing to his strengths, which is the difference between, let's say, let's say you put Werner in that Leicester side right now, he'll be scoring for fun, man, because they, like, Madison especially, Madison and Tillemans, they kind of have that eye for that pass, although we kind of have Ziyech to do it, but it kind of feels like the team is not being built around Werner as it is built around Vardy and, and, and Madison and, and players like that because Leicester, they do seem to have a system that kind of elevates players in terms of, you know, they, they kind of know where each other, will, like everyone will be. And I know that, like, you know, this Chelsea team is it's still gelling. Like, there's no doubt about it that we are still kind of new in terms of the, the games that the, uh, the first 11 have been playing with each other because like I said there have, a lot of, there have been a lot of injuries in, in, in key players like from the start of the season up to now and I kind of feel that it kind of affected how fast we gel yeah I, I, I like I said we did kind of have that purple patch uh, before like like pre-Everton game and yeah around like October I believe yeah September, and, and Ziyech was, was really he, he was showing his class and after that injury it kind of feels that you know he he needs more games to be up to speed again, mm. because in that Leicester Chelsea game, like I felt that no like like Werner was making the runs, but no one was finding him. Like no one knew where he was gonna be. And do you think that's because of his teammates perhaps just losing a bit of confidence in his? Yeah, abilities? I think so. I think so. I mean, Oof. it's it, football is a confidence thing. Like, like it, yeah. it's not just football. It's even us. In our everyday lives, like when you mm. go to work, like you know, if you're constantly told, like basically, if you know, if you're a celebrity and you're constantly told that you know you suck, you suck at your job and all that, it's definitely gonna affect your morale somehow, and that will seep into your performances for the day. And I kind of feel that you know, Werner is you know, strikers they are players that thrive on confidence, and when your confidence yeah. on the floor, you know, you you tend to the the, the shots that you tend to take uh, first time, you don't tend to do so. You tend to have you know. You tend to think you need, you need second thoughts about it. Yeah, to, exactly. To pick your your spot. Yeah. Yeah, because you know we know how good Werner's finishing is, although it kind of contradicts what what he's been doing so far. Yeah. And I don't know if if you were to ask me if I'm close to being Lampard, I would say no. I would say give him the season, but I kind of feel that the board isn't gonna be as lenient as I am. Yeah, and there are really talks, you know, with Thomas Tuchel, with the Gaussman, even with Ralph Hasenhutter of Southampton. You know, they are genuine. Um, they're they're being genuinely shortlisted to take over Frank Lampard, and I kind of read reports that Lampard has three games to save his, uh, Chelsea managerial career, before I you know he gets the boot, and I don't know when you talk about Tuchel taking over Chelsea, I don't feel as confident with him as well. I kind of feel that his wins, his French title wins are because, you know, he's been, he's managing the best team in the French league, which is PSG. And I kind of feel that if you hire Tuchel to replace Lampard, it's going to be a bit more of the same. It's similar, yeah. I kind of feel that Tuchel and Lampard, Mm. they are extremely similar in terms of... Cut from the same cloth. I I completely agree. But Negausman though, Negausman is a different guy I, I mean if like you said if you're building a team around Werner and you're trying to get someone who knows Werner inside out and will play to his strengths he's your guy mm-hmm. um, but whether he German. move to Chelsea <laughs> yeah. mid-season is another thing because Leipzig uh, Bundesliga has been crazy as well Leipzig I think are second right now so he'll, he might want to see that out mm-hmm. um, before he moves but yeah, and Chelsea are going to play top dollar to <laughs> You guys get have spent so much freaking money on <laughs> managers, dude. It's like, yeah. I, I need to find like a, 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 a full frame stat to just see exactly how, <laughs> not just bringing in managers, but getting rid of them. <laughs> but like, uh, I'll, I'll I guess if Abram Grant gets hired to replace Lampard, <laughs> I'll just lose it. I'll just be like, you know, guys, if that, that, ends, that, that ends no, my no. career. Where's, where's, my career Goose, where, where's Goose Hiddick <laughs> when you need him? <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, it's a shame, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think the fact that they're even talking to new managers now already, it's, it's... They may say, yeah, three games to save his job, but in my head, when you've started talking to other managers, when you started looking around, it's game over. Um, yep. And I said this at the start, like, I felt Chelsea needed to improve on their fourth place for Lampard to, to keep his job, and even if then, then yeah. third place and second place. Second, maybe, if they lost to a very, very good City or Liverpool side, that he might get away with it, but I always felt third was pushing it a bit as well but god mm-hmm. forbid if he doesn't make the champions league it's bye bye it's cut it's done him. it's done and we can't you know even though i know how much you love frank lampard you, you can't that's just the nature of the game you know we, we've given so much stick to guys like arteta for exactly the same thing it's it, once again it'd be elite levels of fraudulence if we didn't acknowledge that yeah that's why bk is not on this uh, podcast tonight because, you know, he, his team is the only one amongst all of us that are actually doing well. This is a, such a sad podcast. Dude. <laughs> like, I mean, we've, we've, we've done, we've, we've talked about an hour already, so we're going to mm-hmm. wrap things up soon, but yep. Chelsea play Wolves next, who mm-hmm. are also in really poor run of form. So how do you kind of see that game panning out? And much like Liverpool's Burnley game, I'm sure you consider that a must win as well. I kind of feel that you know, this is the game to turn it all around. I mean, I'm sure the players have read reports about, you know, Lampard's head being on the chopping block and if they're going to react and if you're going to, you know, if, if Lampard's man management is of anything that we have been reported to believe that, you know, that it's, Lampard has been lauded to be one of the best man managers, you know, it's the whole reason why Harvard's and, and Werner were convinced to come over to join the Chelsea project. You know, if this was one crunch game that Chelsea have to win, oh sorry, if if there was a crunch game that Chelsea had to win, this is the one. Yeah. You know? And I'm gonna, I kind of feel that you know with the yeah we we really had our difficult run of fixtures, sort of difficult run of fixtures that that's completed, and I kind of feel that you know this this next run of games you know against Wolves against Burnley against uh the self-perceived smaller teams in the bottom of the league that we can sort of build for momentum. And if, you know, anything other than three wins out of three, I, I kind of feel that Lampard's going to get sacked. Yeah. Mm. If, and if if we do not pick up three points against Wolf, I think Lampard's gone. Oof. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel I, that. And yeah. I would, yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with that. And I guess before we, we, we end, where do you, what are kind of your aspirations for now to the end of the season? Because I, I would imagine title hopes are, are gone mm-hmm. if, I, if, if I'm not wrong. Honestly, we'll be really lucky to that fourth. So I kind of feel that, uh, yeah, I kind of feel that Lamp's, uh, Lampard's a little bit of a dead man walking right now. Yeah, if he gets even fourth, if he does get fourth, it's it's mm-hmm. yeah. Will we'll Roman gonna think be, that it's good? It's enough. gonna be the it's gonna be the platform for the next mm-hmm. guy to come in. So yep, I can hear the pain in your voice, man. And I mean, if Burnley, <laughs> if Burnley <laughs> get off your guys, Burnley get a win tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna be uncontactable the whole day. So <laughs> yeah, it's it's been um I w- I almost said it's been a fun one, but it certainly wasn't a fun episode. But I felt it was an important episode. Um, it allowed it, us it to was kind a, of do something a bit a, different as well. Yeah. It, it was an episode on, you know, realism. We've, exactly. been, brought, we've been brought back exactly. down to earth and we kind of said things that needed to be said. We've, you know, yep. we've it, admitted it, yeah. things that needed to be admitted. So. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure yep. talking, brother. Um, yep. Yeah. So all the listeners have a great weekend. Um, FA Cup action this week. So that if you're not into that, you can take a little off weekend yeah, to do something our, else. Our clubs, our clubs could finally win. Yeah, we oh could God, finally see some just Ws. just it, bro. <laughs> We play Man United. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Please, Man United. Yeah, see you guys in the next episode. Bye.